What's up, Jabronis? Welcome back to the Two on Five podcast. I'm Drake. I'm Brett. So good to have you guys back. We are here for one final episode in the year of 2019. Uh, We want to talk about some of the cool things that have happened this year and just our favorite things from the year of 2019. Yep. Uh, Basically, we're just we're doing top five lists, just the five things we thought were the most awesome in 2019. Uh, we didn't, we have discounted our families because that's kind of a given and you know, whatever, but the, these are the five things that we thought were the coolest in basically pop culture for the year. And, uh, I guess I'll just start it off with number, number five, going all the way back to March, which feels like literally a decade ago. Uh, I'm my number five is the movie us. It was Jordan Peele's second movie that he wrote and directed. Um, It is not as good as Get Out. And I don't think that that's even a real criticism of us. Um, I just, I love that movie. I love the movie. I thought it was great. I thought Lupita was on a different level. She's essentially playing two different characters and playing them both very convincingly and well. Um, It's just, it's really fun horror. And like the end... It's sort of confusing. It doesn't completely make sense, but that's okay. Like it was just, it's, it's a fun movie and it was a really good follow-up and it made me feel better about Jordan Peele in general, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, this movie ended up with a ton of hype because of how amazing get out was. And I think a lot of people were expecting a direct sequel to get out, even though it was never advertised that way. And so I think that, kind of skewed people's vision and their opinion of this film afterwards. But this movie was solid front to back. You're right. Lupita was just brilliant. Um, everybody in it was brilliant, mm-hmm. but it was a super fun horror movie. And in 2019, you know, you only get so many of those and I, it was it, the, he knocked it out of the park with this one. Yep. Like, like I said, it made me feel better about him knowing that like, get out wasn't a fluke. Like I didn't actually didn't think it was, but you never know, especially with that sophomore project, whether it's a band director or whatever. So it was good to know that, Hey, he's, he's got it. And hopefully we'll just get a lot more cool stuff from him. Yeah. Uh, give me candy, man. I, I don't even know how that's going to work, but I'm excited. (laughs) Yep. My number five is the artist singer songwriter Lizzo. Uh, I really feel like she could probably be the number one thing of 2019 if you're asking some kind of official source, but you're asking us and you didn't Mm -hmm. even ask us. We're just giving it to you. So my number five is Lizzo. Uh, Excellent artist, super body positive and, you know, just very uh, confident in herself. Songs are all about self-confidence and, you know, getting that D just and and getting that Mm -hmm. D. Um, super fun, you know, everybody young and old can't help but sing her tunes because they're catchy as hell. And it it just was a, was a great album that she put out this year and has just been rocking it in pretty much every sense of pop culture ever since then. Oh yeah. Like, um, also like if, if my one-year-old daughter got to make a list, it would only be Lizzo. 
that it is her favorite thing in the world and it's hysterical because she can be playing other music and she's fine with it and then lizzo comes in she starts like bopping her head and going nuts for it like yep. and i get it i mean it some of that stuff when it hits it, it taps into something almost just primal is a weird word to use but it's what it almost feels like it's just like oh yeah okay like you hear like that opening bass on like truth hurts and you're just like yeah all right i get it it transcends everything like everybody no matter what kind of fan you are of music everybody got caught up in this um and it was a great thing to get caught up in so i'm excited to see what else she's got in store for us in 2020 yep so also going back in time to january uh of this year and we try and stay pretty topical on this podcast and and i'm going to continue to do so even with this subject but the clemson tigers won the national championship at the beginning of this year and they got to visit the white house and have a meal with the president and typically it's a uh, a fancy ass meal prepared by the white house chefs and this year the president decided to hit up every drive through in the northern virginia area and bring them mcdonald's and taco bell and wendy's uh and i believe Domino's. yeah i don't know i mean at that um, point does it even matter jesus every kind of cheap fast food that you could imagine just mountains of Big Macs on the White House dining room table. And the president was so proud oh of this accomplishment. The The pictures of him standing there with his arms out in front of this pile of garbage, stoner food, stoner <laughs> food uh, for these elite college athletes was I, it was instantly a meme. And it's an image that has burned into my brain forever. Uh, all other opinions of administration aside, this was hilarious. And it, it's something that really just set the tone. There were jokes about this for months afterwards, and there will continue to be uh, <clears throat> just really summed up 2019. Yeah, like, I mean, they're serving it on like that fancy white house like cutlery and like also you know it's been hours since they ordered it so there's no way it was good and uh right man like it it's funny but it sort of bums me out and i don't even know what else to say about it but just like yep that sums it up <laughs> that's where we're at well and there's not much fast food that you can eat reheated um you know none of it's very good mm. but mm. taco bell is probably the worst type of food to eat um you know on, on a second heating and so my heart really goes out to those clemson football players that had to endure that meal yeah all right moving moving on uh my number four is something that uh did not start this year but this was the year that we discovered it um, it's called a show from Canada called Letterkenny. Uh, it's about a very small rural town in Ontario, in Canada. 
and it follows uh, just several different groups of people. It's um, written and created by the star of the show. His, his name's like Jared Ciso. Kiso, uh, I think. Kiso. Yep. Kiso. Not Ciso. You're right. Anyway, and uh, it's just, it's hysterical. Uh, the amount of wordplay that's going on is wild. And we had to, when we first started watching it, and basically whenever we watch an episode for the first time, we always have closed captioning on or else you'll miss like a good half of the jokes. Um, but yeah, I... Would not have heard of this except for my buddy Colin. He um, recommended it, him and his uh, lady Sarah. And I'm, it's just been something my wife and I just enjoyed all year. And like, there's not that many of them. So it was quick to run through, but it's, uh, it's super Canadian mm-hmm. in a good way. Uh, it was kind of reminiscent of Trailer Park Boys. You know, there's certain things that probably hit harder if you are a native Canadian. However, the writing is super intelligent, especially for a show that the whole point is to come across as kind of dumb, mm-hmm. uh, but it's super smart. Also, even though it's set in Ontario, any of us that grew up in a small rural farming town can identify with the different groups of people that exist in that community. Uh, you know, you have your Hicks, you have your skids you have your jocks um and then you've got some people that are kind of in between but uh yeah it's it's just it's super smart captures small town life in the most hilarious way and i'm excited to get started on the new season it's very good uh i think that one of the strongest points about it is it's so specific but because of its specificity it becomes relatable yeah uh like it's specific enough that those people feel real and because they feel real you recognize them i just i just think it's very very clever and well done um so my number three is actually something that did not come out this year and but i experienced it this year um it's a video game called hollow knight it uh it originally i think came out on pc and i think it's been released to basically everything now i played it on the switch um it's an indie platformer um that basically takes its cues from Metroid and Castlevania, the the Metroidvania genre. And basically it starts you, you're a bug and you go down into this uh, giant like cave. That's basic, basically it's a, it's a kingdom and you have to discover what's going on here. And you're trying to find new ways to go. And there's tons of bosses and it's just, it's ginormous. Like I put, it's a single player game and I put over 30 some hours into it. And I, I beat it, but at like 70%, there's still 30% to go. It's just, it's very well done. It was made by a team of two guys and that kind of blows my mind. And it's very, it's just a really neat little game for 15 bucks. And I've just been trying to get everybody to play it. So, uh, Santa Claus brought my family a Nintendo switch this year. It was nice of him. He, yeah, it was super nice of him. And I am looking forward to downloading this game and and playing around with it. I've heard you talk about it several times, but uh, looking forward to actually getting my fingers on it. My number three, I kind of broke the rules here, but the thing that I was third most excited about this year was creating this podcast. Uh, And I, I guess it counts as pop culture. You know, there's like, 66 of you that follow us on Facebook. So we're kind of a big deal now. Yeah. And, um, but no, I I mean it, we, 
have done this for years uh, throughout our friendship, you know, have these top five lists where we just talk about and dissect, you know, different things. Anything can be ranked if you work hard enough at it. And uh, it's been a really fun way to talk about shit that we like and also just mm-hmm. hang out with my buddy. So it's been super rad. Um, basic. I, yeah, like those are my feelings completely. Um, another, like, it's been interesting for me, like learning about like audio production and what programs to use and how using zoom is not a good plan. And, uh, it's just been an interest, a fun little project to do just to be doing something like that was creating. So, yeah. And I, I should, uh, speak on that, that Brett does all of the hard work of, you know, fine tuning the episodes after we record and preparing them for release. So at this point I really just get to show up and have opinions, <laughs> which is my dream job to just show up and have opinions on shit. So Welcome. thank you, Brett, for letting me do that. Uh, moving on to my number two, this was something that up until we started recording this episode was actually number one on my list, but my number one is just too good. Um, but the U.S. Women's World Cup team uh, was something really special from this year. You know, this was a, a repeat champion from the last World Cup. And this group of women were our superstars and battled through this tournament as well as the last one to, to be champions. And gained a ton of notoriety from certain people and also a ton of credibility from sports fans and Americans alike that realized how legitimate this team is. Um, they were dominant and oh yeah, they murdered. People. They like, were so dominant. And I mean, they were, they were so dominant. They were pissing people off in that first game. Yes. Cause they're like, that's too many goals. Why are you still so excited? And it's like, because they scored another goal in the world cup. You dingus. Like, yes. What are you talking about? Um, these women came from all walks of life, all different, uh, backgrounds and experiences and really was probably the best definition of an American team, you know, being able to come together and dominate and win the way that they did. And it was super special to watch. And I feel like it helped turn eyes towards the women's soccer program, which has been legit for a long ass time. But, you know, just like men's soccer, soccer is still, you know, kind of this fringe thing for a lot of people, especially in the Midwest. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like this championship helped promote that into legitimacy. Yeah. I mean, like, with the, that team, they were just, first of all, they were so fun to watch. Like, you could tell, even when, because you never question how hard they were playing, but even when they're just giving it all, like, how much fun they were also having, which is which is rare to yes. see at when you're, especially when you're watching sports at that high of a level. And, I mean, I think every one of them was special, but, like, if we're talking about this team, we're talking about Megan Rapino. Absolutely. And... Like the way she, first of all, just dominated that entire tournament and then kind of just really dominated culture for like a a solid month, which is pretty wild when you're talking about 
almost any sports figure in in general. And then, like you said, it, it's women's soccer in the in the Midwest, and like people were still talking about it. And you know, she got a lot of criticism because people are stupid, but she was just amazing to watch and like the way she carried herself and was so sure of herself and like that's the kind of role model that you hope your kids see you know that's kind of whole role that's kind of role model i want and like it was just absolutely she was she's awesome that team was awesome it was just a lot of fun she became the face of this program and did everything she could to serve it honorably um, you know, she carried herself, you know, with pride and did everything to make that team better. And so, yeah, it, you know, not just the team, but Megan specifically were one of the best things to watch this year. Mm-hmm. So that going from something serious to something a little bit sillier, uh, the second best thing that happened to me this year was, uh, baby Yoda from the Mandalorian, um, other than my kid, there's literally nothing cuter in the world. And <laughs> what's really fun is when you actually start hearing about like how on set Werner Herzog was like, you have to use the puppet as much as possible. And like, I would like to see the baby. Yeah. And like it, he, he was one of the people that was really driving him. No, you need to use the puppet as much as you can. It's so beautiful. It, like, and he's right. Like you, there's a physicality to it that, quite frankly, wouldn't be there if they weren't actually picking up something that was that size. And it's just, it's brave. It's a lot of fun and it's, there's, it's not super deep. It's just this cute little thing and it's on a great show. Don't get me wrong, but that's, yeah, he's very cute and I love it. Yeah. We've, we've talked about the Mandalorian uh, a few times on this podcast already. But in a in a world where everything else is CGI, and honestly, CGI is easier, uh, it's probably cheaper in most respects. You know, they they could have gone with CGI, and and we wouldn't have bitched about it. But the effort that has gone into making that puppet feel as real as possible um, helped turn it into a cultural phenomenon. So. And we're going to be enjoying it for many years to come. Yeah. And the other, the, the one thing I did want to mention is I just, I'm still amazed that the showrunners had the balls to keep it a secret from even the toy people. Cause like, that's where the leaks usually come from anymore. And they were like, no, right. we need to, we need to keep it. We're going to cost you some money probably, but it's worth it. And they're right. And that's, that's impressive. Yeah. The decision to not release toys for this Christmas season was something that has left a lot of people kind of beating their heads against the table. You know, why wouldn't you? But I think they're driving up the hype and also a higher appreciation of this character that I think will pay off in the long run. And then uh, now we're to the number ones. Uh, Mine is, it, it was a phenomenon this summer to the point where they sold out and had to figure out a new distribution line. Uh, the, the Popeye's chicken sandwich. It's, it's the best thing that happened to me this year. It is delicious. (laughs) And like, I I mean, it blows my mind that it's like $4. Okay. Like it blows my mind that that's all it costs. All right. Like just sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's simple. I mean, you know, it's a fried chicken breast on a brioche bun, 
with butter and like a pickle. There's nothing to it. You can, and you get it in spicy. Um, it's so bad for you. It's like 700 calories. <laughs> it's insane. And it's the best thing. I, oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> so yeah, um, I kind of want to go get one now. So who knows? But it's delicious. And that's my number one. I'm super bummed because I have not been able to try this sandwich yet. We do not have a Popeye's in the area. The closest one is about 90 miles away. And so when I travel for work, I always try and hit up a Popeye's uh, just because it's it's in my soul. Mm-hmm. And every time I go, they are sold out. And it is the most heartbreaking feeling in the world. Um, you know, of course, I always have my backup order ready to go just in case. Uh, I love Popeye's anyways, but super bummed that I haven't been able to try this yet. So that's that's probably my New Year's resolution <laughs> is to eat a Popeye's chicken sandwich. So, I mean, the, the only good thing about them running out is, I mean, you're still at Popeye's. So, you know. Right, right. You're still getting, you know, bread, beans, and rice or whatever. So it'll be fun. Yep. My number one. Like I said earlier, it was lower on my list, but the more I think about it and the more that I research this topic, uh, the more I fall in love with it. It is throwing cheese on babies. (laughs) This video came out in February or March, I believe, uh, of this year. It's been a while, yeah. And it was just like a short seven, eight second video of a man with a craft cheese single And he tosses it onto his baby's face in the high chair. The look of shock. (laughs) It is so dumb. And I love it so much. The look of shock on that little baby after he gets hit in the face with cheese was priceless. And then about a month later, R. Kelly has his mental breakdown, um, you know, on video and they make a meme of a crying R. Kelly standing there with a piece of cheese on his face. And I love it so much. I want to frame it. <clears throat> I've tried to throw cheese on my family and I get blocked every time. They're having it. So I, I've wasted a lot of cheese this year, um, partly because I have my cell phone in one hand. I'm trying to record it for the perfect toss. And then I, I muff the toss or it gets blocked. And, you know, so I have to delete the video, but, uh, probably number two on my new year's resolutions. I'm going to get that chicken sandwich and then I am going to throw cheese on my family this year. Well, this might be something where you need to, you know, bring the wife in. She could, she could, she could video for you, but I'm trying to throw it on her too. Well, yeah, but they, so yeah, well, good luck. No one's safe. (laughs) No, like this is just, it's one of those memes that like, it's so dumb and yet it just it's so funny it's just like it just you don't i don't even know what else to say about it it's so funny and like what why i don't know and who thinks of this like because never like i like to think of dumb shit a lot but like i'm never just i was that would never cross my mind and it's just no so funny. No, it, it never crossed my mind either until I saw it. And now it can't leave my brain. Uh, no babies were harmed <laughs> in the making of these memes. Probably. Yeah, I think they're, probably, you know, yeah. 
So, I mean, it's it's relatively harm, harmless, but also a super fun, funny thing that I enjoyed all year long. Well, I that's it, kids. Um, 2019 has been a year, but we were able to come up with 10 things that we liked. So, hopefully you can too. Hit us up on the Facebook page. Leave us a comment. Leave us a list. We'll read it. Might not agree with it. Probably won't. But, yep. hey, we'll read it. Um Next year, we will be doing this, trying to keep to the Friday schedule, but, you know, life happens. And we will be looking for some submissions for what we should come up with for top fives. Yeah, we're always open to ideas, guys, no matter how shitty they are. You can find us on wherever you get podcasts, and we'll catch you next time. Happy New Year, guys. All right, we out. Take care.